Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey, Clatter fans. It's Harloff Minor or Darth Harloff or just me, Christian Harloff, from the Jedi Council podcast. And you can support this show by taking a quick five-minute online survey to help keep the show free to download with minimal advertisements. Your responses will help connect advertisers to our audience so you can hear about products and services that matter to you. The survey is short and completely anonymous. Just visit podcastone.com slash my survey and fill it out. It can be completed in under five minutes. Thank you for your continued support of Collider and all of our great podcasts here on Podcast One. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. What's up? It's Kevin Hart. And with new rewards from Chase Freedom Unlimited, I now earn even more cash back, even on a beach getaway. I earn 3% of drugstores on beach snacks. Hmm, these chips have some saying on them. I earn 3% on dining, including takeout, after a seagull eats all my chips. And I earn 5% on travel purchase through Chase, like a hotel room to hide from that seagull. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Chase, make more of what's yours. Account subject to credit approval. Restrictions, limitations apply. Offer subject to change. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank, NA member FDIC. Today on Jedi Council, George Lucas and his plans for his sequels. We're talking Tom Hanks, Could Have Been in Solo, and Jedi Robes. A lot more here on Jedi Council. Do I usually talk over this part? Or just let go? You just made that decision for him. Hey, guys. Welcome to Jedi Council. I am Ken Napsa, Kylo Ken, your host. For today, Christian got pulled off on a very important diplomatic mission, but I am here joined by two returning personalities to Jedi Council. So happy to share, so happy to share the screen with the Grand Moff Nemiroff, Perry Nemiroff. I haven't heard that name in a little while. I'm happy to hear it today. So glad to be back on the show, guys. <laughs> and 
John Rocafet. Well, I, somehow I've gone from behind the camera to in front of the camera, and uh, I'm excited to talk about all these stuff, all these uh, notes today and stories, and get to some of the Twitter questions from some of the fans as well. Absolutely, Why? because you picked them. Yeah, yeah. because I picked well, them. But that, yeah, that's the thing is you, you should get some credit here. Is, uh, oh. you put together the show now, and I think you put a lot of hard work into it. Thank you. So it's nice to see your. Face. Well, thank you. It's very kind, and please forgive me for Bespin once and for all. Thank you. Let's nah. move on. Yep. No, nah, no, nah, it's all right. Hey, this episode of Jedi Council. Brought to you by Rode Microphones. Rode is proud to present My Rode Reel, the world's largest short film competition. This year, there's $1 million worth of prizes up for grabs. Make a three-minute short film in any genre you like, a behind-the-scenes video show and a Rode product being used, and you could win big entries. are open until July 31st, so head to MyRoadReel.com and get shooting all right. Let's get into Star Wars Movie News. This is all the news with this silly little droid with this wonderful little mustache that I actually really love. And I know I suggested we should name him, but yeah, you know, let's just let the galaxy work its way out here. Uh, in a little bit of a slower news week in Star Wars mm. for once, which is kind of nice after some of the drama from last week. And thanks for hearing us out again on some of the big issues last week. Mm. You, Wendy, uh, uh, and Christian had the hour-long podcast, yep. John. That was yep. good stuff. Thank you, thank you. And also, uh, Perry and uh, Mark Riley addressed it on Collider Mailbag. So it was a lot of fun to talk about. I mean, not a lot of fun to talk about that issue. It was a lot of fun to, <laughs> yes. to hear from the fans that they responded well yeah. to the stuff we brought up and to the things we talked about. Absolutely, absolutely. We can uh, we can uh, get into more of that later. Yeah, Who knows? Sure, Who knows? Sure. But let's talk about some silly fun stuff. <laughs> and silly indeed, this came out, uh, George Lucas and his plans for episodes 7 through 9. Uh, there's always been a lot of questions. There always will be a lot of questions about what did the creator want. Uh, you even saw interviews with Mark Hamill back in like 1983, 84 going, oh, George wants me to come back in like 30 years and I'll be like the old Obi-Wan. We know George has had plans. The urban myth that he had one through nine written and planned out has not always been true. Uh, it's, it's taken from different drafts. But this came from a, a little interview, a little thing with uh, James Cameron, which I've seen clips from, and it's an interesting interview uh, between the two of them. But here's what George said about what would have been uh, possibly one of the ideas behind his next three Star Wars films. George says uh, the next three Star Wars films are going to get into a microbiotic world. That's right, some uh, yeah, cultured yogurt. But there's <laughs> this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the wills, and the wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the force. If I'd held on to the company, I would have done it, and then it would have been done. Of course, a lot of the fans would have hated it, just like they did Phantom Menace and everything, but at least the whole story from beginning to end would have been told. All right, let's dive into this. There's a, there's a lot here. I think this is a fun little headline. John, where does your mind go? <laughs> My mind goes immediately to... Man, uh, Georgie, I like that you're past it. It doesn't sound like he's past it, but I don't think he has to say that he's past it. But this is interesting because he would have doubled down. He would have gone even deeper into this idea of the midichlorians. Yeah. So th and that's, you know, I created this. I have a right to do what I want with it. This is the argument, right? Creator versus fans. What should be serviced first? But it's like if I've created it and I've done this with the prequels, now I'm going to go into 7, 8, 9 and do this with microbiotics and go deeper into this. And we see a version of this in Ant-Man. You know, we saw, we saw a visit right. into that world, but not a full, like, trilogy into that world so it would have been interesting and in essence this is this is it would have unified everybody no matter what species they were from or planet they were from which is interesting but it also would have turned us what he says later like we would have been vehicles so it also would have erased our individuality so it's an interesting uh, uh philosophical concept to explore over a trilogy but i don't know if you do that 
in a franchise trilogy. It's just an interesting would have been point of view. Him going back to his like THX one, uh, you know, yeah, eleven thirty eight. Yeah, roots, uh, his uh, Maverick filmmaking. And John, you understand the Force very well. I've had great conversations with you, Thank you here in other places about the Force and the nature of the Force. Perry, you hear this, you uh, you get this uh, look at you, not unlike Han Solo <laughs> smirking at a, at a, a Phyllis Cadrill. <laughs> where, where you at with this? I I was a little on the fence actually when I heard this because there is something interesting about it, something yeah. about understanding the inner workings of this this crazy concept known as the Force, and especially from George Lucas. And I, you know, I think in reading all these quotes, I was a little swayed by how I feel for him. It's like the one that really dug into me was when he goes, if I held on to the company, I could have done it, and then it would have been done. I think my heart just broke at that point in the piece where I almost found myself rooting for this idea that... I mean, on my knee-jerk reaction, I don't think this idea is cinematic at all. I think it would have wound up taking a step back Mm. in terms of the individuality that it would strip away from existing characters. And also, you know, at least what's appealing to me about the Force and being a Force wielder is then attributing all of that to these creatures that I didn't Mm. know. I think it would have taken away some of the value. And that's just me guessing. I don't know what his story could have been. Because also my mind goes to... I saw this reference in another piece somewhere was this is almost like the Prometheus to alien, like coming up with the with the origins and the reason behind Mm -hmm. everything. And I think there's some instances where that could work in a film's benefit. But, you know, right off the bat, reading this description, I think that might not have been the case here. Well, let me ask you this, guys. Uh, I I don't I don't know to the level that you watch the Clone Wars. So excuse me if I Mm -hmm. if I ask it and you you don't know. But we saw because Filoni ran it, but it was George's. Yeah. mind like George wanted to tell these stories and we saw a lot of the weirder cosmic force kind of stuff with the Mortis arc mm-hmm. uh, the force priestesses that taught Yoda and Qui-Gon and, and kind of some stuff with the wills mm-hmm. it's out there it is like San Francisco 69 hippie stuff <laughs> where guess what that's where George kind of came from right. in a way um, Modesto to hate Ashbury a little bit mm-hmm. um, so when you hear that, it, it's not surprising, right, John? No, no, it's not surprising at all. George is a deep, deep thinker. And yeah. I think that's what has always interested me about the Star Wars franchise is the larger concepts that he explores. When we have our conversations about the Force, that's what I enjoy about Star Wars more than anything else. The, the planets, the creatures, the different species, all of that is great. But it's the concepts that I've yeah. always come back to with the franchise. And so him exploring this would w- makes total sense for George Lucas. The thing is, would these microbiotic things, would these wills have personalities? Then what are they influence your personality who's carrying the so there's there's so many things to explore here that for me intellectually it's absolutely attractive and interesting to uh to, to know that he's thinking about this and what would he have done yeah. is is curious from is it keeps me curious but unfortunately we won't be able to see that, and we won't be unless he gets back four point zero one billion dollars <laughs> exactly. later, uh, which he donated to charity. Uh, yes. Parody, 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 oh, parody. That. That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Perry, I know your name, Grand Moff Nemiroff. I should just say that uh, you are a, a writer, John and I as well, but you're also a filmmaker and a producer and a storyteller yourself. So I want to ask you: going to the, I, I, I love the prequels for a lot of reasons. Do I recognize all the problems? Of course. Star Wars mm. is silly. On a lot of levels, Star Wars is silliness. But you look at the prequels and you're like, this is one dude that sat in his office with a pad of 
paper and a pencil and came up with his story. And say what you will, like, first season of Rebels wasn't my favorite. I grew to love the show, but mm-hmm. it seemed like it was cooked up in a, in a boardroom sometimes. It's sometimes the criticism of modern filmmaking, not just Star Wars. This is one man with a crazy idea. Like you said, there's something intriguing there. Taking big swings will always come with lots of risk. That's why when I hear this, I think it's probably not best to create an entire film trilogy, (laughs) especially with the amount of money these things cost. And you know I'm always for creative freedom and going crazy and really diving into things and taking these risks to expand film franchises like this. This seems like too much of a risk, but thinking back to, you know, Clone Wars and also when it was referenced in Rebels as well, I think it could be hit or miss because in rebels in particular, there's parts that kind of tap into this stuff that Mm -hmm. I really connected to, Mm -hmm. but there's also times where those were the elements that made me check out a little. And it's not that, that I didn't care. There was something about it that I wasn't quite connecting to Mm -hmm. like I was to other character motivation. That's that's interesting. I don't know if you're specifically referring to the world between worlds and some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Which is fascinating. It's one of my favorite episodes, but I know what you're saying because I talk a lot about what draws you to Star Wars, all things, but sometimes you're more war versus the lore. I love the battle of the Empire versus the Rebellion, the Rebellion trying to take down the Empire. I love my Jedis, but I just keep them up there. Like, they're Jedis. They got Mm -hmm. it. I don't need to know. I'm intrigued by it, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, I'm drawn to that. So I know what you mean sometimes where I'm like, well, this is really deep, heady stuff. Can we get some blaster shooting? Well, the thing is, and, and this is why this is why uh, when I first brought this whole idea up, you know, it's all about whatever full narrative he could come up with for something like this. Right. Because I think why it worked at the end of Rebels was because of Ezra. Mm-hmm. I think Ezra was just built up as a character so mm-hmm. well. And really, this almost the entirety of Rebels is told through his eyes. I mean, sure. I watched that character grow up. And when he stepped into that realm it felt right to me because it felt right to that character Mm. and he was experiencing it and i was experiencing it through his eyes and i believed him so i believed it so for all Mm. i know he could have some sort of character vehicle and i'm not talking about to shuttle the wills around uh, the universe (laughs) the will shuttle by kenner (laughs) to bring us into that world and explain it so you know there's a a possibility that it could work from a producer mind and knowing how much goes into making these films Probably a better idea to steer clear of it. I, I can only imagine what the toy manufacturers were thinking if they had gotten this bitch. Oh, we gonna? Oh, I can't do that. I can't put a Funko over Will. A Funko, yeah. you know, a Lego Will like, microbiotic world. Just, I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's just an empty cloak, that's right? It's, 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 that sounds like a, dust gr- on a, on a. That sounds like sheet. the most brilliant idea ever. It's like all you have to do is manufacture the box, and there's nothing it's, inside. Yeah, it's absolutely. like sea monkeys. <laughs> My pet rock all over again. Yeah, John, <laughs> go into the, her point about yeah. uh, rebels and some of the deep oh. stuff there. And again, I. I say it, I, I don't say it lightly, you have a good understanding of, of the living and cosmic force, a good understanding of the spiritual side of things, too. You and I have had Thank some you. deep conversations in Definitely. life. Do you look at some of the stuff in Rebels and go, I want, I want to know more of this in some way or another? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think the, the world within the worlds, like you were talking about, that was really interesting. And to have it in the last season, almost the last episode, right. was like, oh, there's so much more here. And then shut it down for me. I, I agree with you. There were some things about Rebels that were done for fan service and enjoyable and, you know, going back to the pew-pew stuff. But, like, there are also some really interesting concepts that they explored and got into. And that's when I really dialed into Rebels, when they were exploring that, the deeper stuff. What What's the connection? Why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. When do you when do you bend the rules? And do you bend the rules because you personally have a stake in the person bending the rules or right. not? Like all of that is so well explored in the film and the uh, uh, in the show rather, and the idea of clones, how human are 
they? What are the, what is their play? What's your responsibility to them and other species? Are you saving one species to sacrifice another species simply because well, that species is your friend, or you have a connection with them, or they happen yeah. to be fitting in the circumstance of what you're doing? So all of that was really fun to explore. So when I go back to this, it just makes yeah. a lot of sense that George would want to do this. And I want to be honest with you, he has so much money. I would love for him to do something like this and explore, maybe create a whole new franchise where he explores well, something is, like this. This is maybe my final question to yeah. you guys on this here. This reminds me a little bit of our beloved George R. R. Martin. Who, yeah. Instead of finishing his own damn story, though, I, I think he's waiting the HBO series ends. Uh, then he'll get the books out. This is a guy who... As he's writing, goes, oh, what about the history of this? I'm going to write three books <laughs> on the on the history of the Targaryen, uh, you right. know, the Dance of Dragons and the Blackfire Rebellion. George has this right. Maybe now, George, you're retired. Build your museum. Yeah. And then go sit in the museum with a pad of paper and write, like, the history of the Force book. Would you want that? I would want that. I'd be damned if Shatner could write science fiction and George Lucas <laughs> Lucy, can't write. Hit the sky <laughs> with diamonds. There's... A ship. I mean, more. I'll be damned if Lucas can't do the same thing, or right. at least find. And I know writers would fall all over themselves to write something for George Lucas. Three books exploring this. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's what I would say. I would. I love wouldn't that. mind something like. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about uh, about Ender's Game and the series that mm, came out of that. Sure. So with, with actually, this is a really interesting comparison because with Ender's Game, I got super into it from the start because it's kind of going back to what I was saying before about having character access. You have this crazy out landish thing and then part of why for at least me personally why i'm drawn into those scenarios is there's very human things that Mm. you can connect to and then it challenges you to put yourself in that position which character do you like better how would you fare in that game how would you do with a lightsaber would you go light or dark side all those kinds of things that's something that they capture so well in ender's Mm. game and i think there's some elements in the in the future installments that are good but that's when it gets gets very in your head and Mm. philosophical and that's that's when I tuned out, and I think it got it almost got a little too messy for me with those ideas. Mm. Where if there was a, a clearer, almost like an anchor of an idea that I could have held on to tighter with those books, yeah. I probably would have stuck with it. But I didn't, and I tapped out. Then you tapped yeah. out. And there best you. sci-fi usually comes from. Uh, con- uh, philosophical concepts that you're exploring, things you want to uh, get into, and all everything stems morality, morality where you yeah. stand, all politics. Yep. All of it comes from <laughs> the there. The Battle of Endor was an allegory for Vietnam. <laughs> I mean... Let's keep politics out of Star Wars. <laughs> All right. It's George's mind. Hey, Ashbury. Modesto <laughs> to Hey, Ashbury. Next question here. We've got uh, Ron Howard, the director of Solo, A Star Wars Story, the legally affirmed director of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, that, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, obviously, there's, without a doubt, a, a problem with the uh, box office of, of Solo. We know this. Whether you like the movie or not, you can't deny it underperformed. And, of course, on Twitter, where a lot of people, I don't know if you heard this, John Perry, like to voice their opinions. Yes. Uh, some good, some bad have found its way back to Ron Howard, who is always pretty gracious about it. And a fan tweeted this, a positive tweet about Solo to Ron. I've been reading so many theories as to why Solo hasn't been doing uh, that well at the box office. Uh, sad to say, some Star Wars fans are snubbing Solo because they're still upset over The Last Jedi. If so, they're missing out on a punishing good film for something not its fault. Whether you agree with that or not, Ron Howard wrote back and said, I'm proud of Solo Star Wars Story. The cast and crew worked hard to give the fans a fun new addition. As a director, I feel badly when people who believe, who I believe, an exit poll show will very likely enjoy a movie, don't see it on a big screen with great sound. So uh, he also, we're going to talk about some of the other stuff he said about it there. But let's go in. Uh, any, any thoughts here, Perry, on, on Ron being front and center with this? Good on him. I, even though I'm definitely on the side of not really liking Solo mm-hmm. all that much. But especially given the circumstances, 
I don't look at Solo and say, oh, I don't like it. And I don't like that Ron Howard film. Really, I don't know what that film looked like before, but that must have been a really challenging position to Mm -hmm. be thrown into. And I don't know what kind of pressure was on him for something like that. And especially when you're looking at the pressure he's dealing with right now with, you know, a lot lot of vocal folks Mm -hmm. on social media and all throughout the Internet who want to tell him his opinion. But, you know, what it comes down to is a whole lot of people worked really hard on this movie under his direction. And if he's going to respond to anything on Twitter, that's the kind of thing he needs to be saying. Yeah, it's well. And look, I always say this. It, I th- it, it's it's not minor. It's a small town. <laughs> We're not just sitting here at this desk. We've been in this town in this business for 20 years. We hear things. Yeah. We hear things, John. Ron Howard had some stuff to work with. He, he had some problems that he had to put some fires out, all mm-hmm. these kind of things. The fact that it's even in a co- coherent movie on any level, uh, I think you would even agree, Perry, is yeah. not yeah. an accomplishment, right? I yeah. mean, that was hard. And yeah. even though I didn't like the whole, I do think there's some really some cool parts and cool ideas. He's a relief pitcher, John. He comes in to close out the yeah. game uh, and, and he takes uh, takes some heat, but even he said, this is like my fifth highest opening ever. Yeah, I mean, this guy was so happy about it. I respect Ron Howard. I mean, like he's entering into his fourth decade of filmmaking. Like, that's yeah. incredible to have that kind of uh, time in this city and to keep being consistently wanted for projects. They brought him in to steady the ship. They, you know, they felt that they that Lord and Miller maybe wasn't giving them what they wanted. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Ron steps in, takes care of business. Like you said, put out some fires. He's a relief pitcher that came in thinking he was only going to pitch an inning or two, and he <laughs> and it went extra innings. And he yeah, pitched like he pitched a, an extra four or five the... innings. And but he still won. He still in, in essence they, they 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 maybe they didn't win the game by a lot, but they won they the won game. The game. And, yeah. I, and I would say Solo is an enjoyable movie. I, yeah, yeah, there are parts of it you can have argue with potholes or whatever and have your feelings about it but it's about your own perspective it's a subjective thing i really enjoyed the film and i like that ron responded in this way it's very positive ways like hey look i'm proud of it i'm proud of the work they did maybe some people are missing out maybe you all should give it a shot because if you're not coming because of jedi you're missing out on a good film and a positive film why not give it a shot and so i think it's a smart way it's a very smart political uh older a, a philosophical approach to the situation and i really appreciate them running rather than picking a fight he yeah. said hey i'm proud of the people and the work and you all are missing out if you haven't seen it okay but you're missing out yeah i look i saw it again this week i, I yeah. absolutely love it. i think it's got some deep stuff there i got to, i understand more than any of the other films i understand some of the the criticisms i hear to go mm-hmm. yeah I, I absolutely christian and i in our review we kind of agreed on some things i'm like i just took some enjoyment out of it that that you yeah. you you didn't which is fine both ways but i think some people i've seen some people tweet me directly saying i i didn't think this movie was necessary i'm not even going to watch it which is fine which mm-hmm. i respect that but i think you might watch it later on on blu-ray or vhs and go oh that was more fun than i thought or mm-hmm. you know i sh- shouldn't have listened to roca no <laughs> well. uh you know so I, I i see it for yourself and and, and kind of determine there i also wanted to there's been i've seen this a lot i i saw it and definitely there was i think bradford young shot a beautiful mm-hmm. movie absolutely but i saw it at this theater this week and it was different and i've heard a lot of oh. complaints of some people like hmm. It's so dark, and not like he chose to shoot in a dark, like a blue tone in the opening sequence, but like dark, like you couldn't see things. And some people have reached out to me uh, uh, via other means, Discord service, whatnot, and said, ah, I couldn't even see it. And I, I didn't, at first I was like, you're crazy. And this week I saw it and was like, oh, I couldn't even see things in the opening right. uh, of the movie. That is such a shame. I, yeah. I mean, really, mm-hmm. no matter what I think of the movie, I don't think any filmmaker deserves for their hard work to be projected like that. Yeah. You know, um, we, we just went through a recent experience where 
uh, a director made a movie and he had an audience full of people and they couldn't get the movie to work. And mm -hmm. it's just yeah. when you're in that kind of situation with a full house and people who want to see your final product on the big screen, there's no worse feeling than than being there and it not working and it not yeah. looking the way that yeah. you intended it to look and the way that maybe your final product does work. So yeah. I hope that issue weird, gets cleared I, up. The first few times I saw it, crystal clear, beautiful Bradford Young shot a beautiful movie with three different directors, really. Yeah, yeah. And then this time, I mean, you, you couldn't see Hans' face in the opening sequence. It was, oh. it, it was fortunate. that Another factor working against <laughs> this movie at times here. Uh, Ron Howard went on to say some things about what his feelings are about possibly continuing this little world, this underworld kind of uh, storyline that's building. He says potentially one would think it might be kind of interesting to see what a war amongst the syndicates looks like. There's nothing concrete there, but it's an interesting territory. And what uh, movie and through which character's perspective that might emerge, I think everybody feels that the rich territory explorer in the movie universe. We know John Kazan does. He's tweeting about hashtag underworld. Uh, there goes, uh, he goes on to talk about Dryden Voss, who I, 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 I have had conversations this week with a lot of people that he's their favorite character in Solo. Wow. Uh, one of my friends is an author. She wants to write the Dryden Voss book um, <laughs> out there. He also talks about how Tom Hanks wanted to be a stormtrooper in Solo, uh, couldn't work out the schedule. So let's talk a couple things here as we uh, wrap up this discussion mm. of Ron Howard and Solo here, Perry. Um, this idea of, of continuing these kind of stories, yes. do you want more in this? Can we talk about spoilers? Yes, yes, you should have seen the movie, buddy. Okay, spoiler alert. Um, Thanks, Cody. <laughs> yes, I, I want more criminal underworld. And I was really surprised that by the end of the film, because I thought Amelia Clark as Kira, she was fine yep. the entire time. I had no problems with her, but I just didn't find that character all that interesting until the end. And mm -hmm. I found myself, of all things in the movie, thinking about her most. Because in the end, and especially when I was sitting with the film more, it's like I would like to see a future installment where... I see what she does mm. as basically the head of Crimson Dawn. Now, how she interacts with Darth Maul. But then also across my mind, and this might be a far-fetched theory, but like, what if instead of wanting to rise in the ranks of the criminal underworld, she's trying to dismantle it from within? And either perspective is one that mm -hmm. I want to explore. So I'm all for well, this. Let's talk a little bit. I, I want to hear your thoughts yeah, overall, John, but I'd love to get in the care discussion because I think this is a multi-layered yeah. character uh, affected a little bit by three different directors giving different directions to right. an actress. But, uh, John, first you. Yeah, just about Kira. I, I, or listen. just overall Ron's thoughts here yeah, that we yeah. can dive in. I love the idea that, uh, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear me that they didn't want to go into Java because of sequel baiting. And, and um, I, I don't think anybody would have cared, to be honest with you. I don't think anybody would have been like, oh, or I think it wouldn't have been loud enough for people to go, oh, it's sequel baiting to put Java in here. No, 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 no. Put Jabba in here. Let us have Jabba. Uh, it would have been nice. The Huts are one of the most underutilized characters in Star Wars, and it mm. frustrates the hell out of me. It's why I watched that Freemakers Adventures, just to get my, my Hut fix, which wasn't yes. bad. But like, to get my uh, Hut fix, I want more of the Huts, and I would have liked to have seen a little more of that. The Dryden Voss thing is great. The idea of Tom Hanks wanting to be a stormtrooper would have been a lot of fun. Uh, and a little wink uh, like Daniel Craig was in Force Awakens, so that would have been a nice little fun there as well. But the idea, but to circle back to Kira, I, I loved Amelia Clark in this movie. I enjoyed her character of Kira. I like people were people were People have had so many interesting points of views about Kira. I've heard some very troubling points of views and some very interesting point, like some good points of views about her. But I, so many people read what they want to read into Kira, and this is a very interesting thing to me. And you're right; it's multi-layered and complex. I liked her. I thought she stood up for herself. Three years she's without him, and she's she lived. Her, she's got to the second in command of a criminal 
empire. What's Solo yeah. doing? He's still running around trying to be a pilot. She has moved up to this point where, she, and yes, she, does she help him and does she do all the things? Yes, but I believe that she is going to dismantle it mm-hmm. from the inside out. I think that's her good nature, which is why she lets Solo live at the end. Well, and, and she she hides Solo from all. Yes. She's going out yeah. of her way. She's complicated. And, I, and again, there's some, there's, you could have a roundtable discussion with a lot of different voices here about Kira. I yeah. think it would be valuable. Mm-hmm. I think there's different perspectives on, uh, on Kira. None of them, I don't think any of them are wrong. Anything, yeah. Nothing's crazy. Yeah. You look at it, I think there's, there's some some things going on negatively with this character, some things positively. I love the start of this character to me, Perry. Begins on Corellia when Han is escaping because Han's the dashing hero. Mm-hmm. And she's like, they're going towards that little thing. And she's like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And he goes, nah. And it doesn't work. And that's Kira in a nutshell. Okay. She's got it all planned out. Mm-hmm. She's ambitious. She's got a plan. She kind of likes the white worms. If you read the book Most Wanted, mm-hmm. I'm about halfway through. She's kind of like, oh, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like this power. I like what I got. It gives me some kind of purpose. Mm-hmm. She's complicated, though, in that area. Um, and I like how it plays out from there. I need to read that book. I read Last Shot, but now Most Wanted has to be next, especially if I want a little more insight into what her agenda mm. might be here. But that was one of the things that on second watch, because I saw it again and I, I wanted to have, and I know mm. everyone hates the F word, but I wanted to have more fun with it. And I didn't, but yeah, again... A horrible word. I, well, <laughs> I, I've been hearing a lot lately that when, you, you know, calling a movie fun is like, is like a cop-out. Like, right. and that's not a review, but... I think fun is a really valuable emotion to have when you're sitting in right. a movie, so I, li- I kind of like yeah. it. But anyway, I didn't have more fun, but one of the elements that did get stronger because I started to see how the beginning led to the end was exactly what you just said, that when I, I went back, she clearly has that, that mentality and that understanding of how everybody around her is operating to be able to get to that point. Yeah. And I like that they justified it with that opening sequence. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, it's right there. I think the story for her plays out. She under, I think one of the important things is she does, this is a movie that is designed to serve Han Solo because it's Solo. It's Solo. So all characters do kind of have to naturally point to him. That, that can create in this day and age, we want more maybe equal storytelling just in, in we don't want Solo we want Underworld. Yeah. We want 14 different plot points. I think there's a little bit of Kira having to serve the story of Solo, but she is interesting to me in that regard where she's making these choices. She, she is as a survivor, but also thinks she has to remain trapped. Her thing, I, I didn't get out. Is then and then there's a little bit of a ambiguity of oh I've done things you don't want to you know mm-hmm. and we all naturally I think a lot I'm, I'm speaking for myself I shouldn't speak jump to oh she had to have sex with Dryden Voss I think she had to be a killer yep. I think she's yeah. killed and murdered and she's not proud of this to survive that's where I went immediately yeah. in my head that's that's You're why a better I, human than me Jim. well listen I look I know I'm a man but I push back against this the the idea that it's not a feminist character I found her to be a very powerful feminist character like she did not wait around for Solo doughy eyed waiting for him to come back for three years no she put her life together figured it out the, the idiot got they separated because the idiot jumped through the thing and didn't bring her with him because he was thinking about himself only and you're right she figured out the whole idea of not getting through that space she's always the smarter one in the situation and yes yeah, she still had feelings for solo but he showed up so also surprised her and she has to now make this work within her own system and she makes it work and yes does she cover from a little bit does she help him yeah because there's a, a feeling still there but at the end she doesn't make the decision the romantic decision cliche decision to run off with it with her love she's 
makes the more practical decision, the more powerful decision to be like, no, I'm going to work in this arena. I'm going to do what I need to do. This has been my life for three years. Just because you showed up out of the blue after you left me here, I'm not all of a sudden just going to change my life and go with you. You go do what you do. I'm going to go do this. And I respected that so much more than if she had gone off with Solo and then maybe been killed in some sure. further adventure or something. So. Yeah, there. I mean, Perry, any thoughts on that, too? I think I think it's true. I also think, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll let you speak here, but sorry. Yeah. Um, you should definitely read Most Wanted because Ray Carson wrote Kira. Ray Carson is a female, brings a different perspective mm. to the Kira character that is is okay. more layered and more intriguing. So I think it, I think that's a great point there. But any any more thoughts? I'm, on I'm sold. My path lately has been Stephen King, Star Wars, Stephen King, Star Wars, <laughs> and I just finished Pet Cemetery, so it's about I, time. I for go something. Star Wars books about Wyatt Earp, Star Wars books about <laughs> Doc Holliday. It's, okay, that, like that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that negative reaction to the character of Kira mm. pretty much because. Yeah, I, under, I understand people reading into that saying, oh, like she just had to sleep her way to the top and right. all that, and that, that puts a negative connotation on the character. Again, that is not how I read it. Yeah, just I didn't like, read it either. But, but, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody has their different interpretation of a movie. That's the nature of going to movies and experiencing a story, but yeah. not how I took it. And I, especially on second viewing, side with what Roka just explained, that mm. her ability and the fact that I could watch the wheels in her head turning mm. at every step of their journey made her more powerful to me. Yeah. And, the, and the fact that I walked away from this Han Solo movie strictly thinking about Kira, yeah. I think that bodes well for how strong that character wound up being. Yeah. And that, I mean, really, she, she's probably my favorite part of the whole movie now. And, and to wrap up the discussion, this, this is great. I could probably dive into about Kira and all these characters mm-hmm. for a lot longer with you guys. Love talking about it. Final thought here. What about this? We know Maul. We know the story of Maul, where it ends mm-hmm. in Rebels. But along the way... So we know he rises and he loses a little bit of political, cr- criminal political power, but now he's back as cr- the leader of the Crimson Dawn. From this point in Solo to the beginning of when he starts showing up with the rebels, he's lost badly and is trapped on Malachor. Mm-hmm. Who did that to him? How did it happen? Could this be a prequel to the rise of Kira, John? Yes, yes. This is exactly what I thought a week afterwards. I was talking to a, friend, a couple of friends of mine who are also Star Wars fans. We were just talking over dinner one night, and this started coming. And next thing you know, it was a two-hour discussion over drinks about Kira and where she would end up. And that came up, the mm-hmm. idea of Maul and her taking over that situation and stranding Maul. There, uh, uh, and, and Maul's reaction to it all, to be, to be, uh, um, to be hoodwinked by, in essence, a subordinate that he had to light the double lightsaber before to intimidate. Having that happen, just the mind, the mind uh, uh, F word, that it would happen to him to have have that happen to him. Yeah, different yeah. effort. It just, it just would excites me on so many levels. And I want her to come back as Kira. I think, Amelia, I've always, I haven't always been the biggest fan of Amelia Clark's work outside of Game of Thrones. And I thought she brought a, a, a nice layered complexity to this character. It makes interesting and holds up to rewatch, rewatchability. She's great in this. Yeah, I love that idea. The yeah. rise of Kira. We've got and it, Perry. I don't like agreeing with you so often, <laughs> but I, I, I will echo that. I really do want Kira to have her own story because because I mm-hmm. think that her arc in Solo would have been a lot more powerful if it was a Kira movie. It wasn't a Kira movie. It was yep. never meant to be. But I think that that kind of like inner machinations deserves a fully fleshed out feature film. And that could be something something interesting and also something very different mm-hmm. that we haven't experienced all that much to, to actually come to screen in the Star Wars film franchise. Uh, you know what? Let's continue a little bit here on the Underworld talk here. Mm-hmm. You're a Boba Fett fan. A you, massive. You, uh, uh, I love this idea. 
I talk about the time period between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope being very fascinating fertile ground for me as a mm-hmm. fan. I know a lot of people, I love the idea of going to different areas, and uh, Dan and Dave, I think, will probably do Old Republic. Ryan Johnson, will, who knows where he goes. I want him to do a, a Harry Potter and the Stars type of story, <laughs> the rise of some young 12-year-olds uh, uh, as a team, right? I know. At me. At me, John. At me. <laughs> but let's dive into this underworld because here's what I th- am intrigued by. Say you, you, know, you got you know, Tatooine's this, you, the ground zero for this kind of, uh, you know, the huts and all the stuff we know going mm. forward. You could bring Kira back. You could bring Maul back. You could bring Diego Luna's Cassian Andor back as mm-hmm. a rebel spy working his way through it. Boba Fett and, and Dengar. Uh, Aura Singh's out now, but we, you know, Bosk. You could yeah. bring all these characters we love. But in a real good story tied in with the rise of Jabba, the rise of Kira, I think it's kind of fascinating. It's a damn good TV series we just pitched. I'd Ooh, be absolutely yeah. down you got for go that. Go pitch it, kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. I mean, this Underworld series that was was in the works, uh, you know, if you want to toss the title, toss the title, but, st- but start there and explore that. If Boba Fett's not going to get his own movie, Boba Fett certainly deserves to be part of some kind of TV series. If you're going to explore the Underworld yeah. of Star Wars and we can strip away the wills and the microbiotics and focus <laughs> on these, these creatures and these species doing the things that they're doing and how they're having to survive because we, you know, we, we, we enjoy Star Wars for the, the concepts and the philosophy, but when you break it down, well, the things that we enjoy the most are, brings us back are these characters. Yes. And these characters are great and fun and boss. I mean, these, they've taken a life on with fans like you, Ken, right. and, and all of us here and our, our fans out there. They've all taken a separate life on yes. with the figures and the stories right. and all that kind of, and the, the fan fiction, all of that is right. great about these and, characters. And, and Perry, I know you you uh, read the books and the comics. I don't know if you as much on the comics, you, definitely. Comics, yeah. you, all right, so great, comics. Yeah. I want to start there. books only. Books only, but even then, <laughs> some of the characters have bled over, particularly in Last Shot, where I think if you do this underworld type of thing, then you could bring in a Saint of Staros. Mm. Uh, you could yeah. bring in do- a Dr. Chelly Aphra. Then you could, if you, the Empire is there, because the Empire to me is always the ultimate villain, because they're pushing down on the galaxy and causing all this stuff to shoot mm-hmm. out. Uh, so you could bring in Ray Sloan and all these characters we love in kind Ooh, of the comics I would that love are growing. That. Yeah. Toss them in this blender. It's probably never going to happen, John <laughs> Perry. But it, I mean, the more we talk about it, the bigger it gets. And every time you toss out another character name, I'm like, oh, that is a TV show, not a movie. And yeah. sticking with the Game of Thrones comparison, mm-hmm. I mean, really, it does sound like we're kind of describing a Game of Thrones-esque kind of situation mm-hmm. here where yeah. you you have these criminal organizations. Everybody is working to achieve their own goals and maybe to one-up each other and... That that is what this is, and you could have so many different storylines taking place in a single episode. It all comes to a head in a big blowout, you know, yeah. penultimate episode. You know, you know. Clearly, I'm just going on the uh, the Game of Thrones path right now, <laughs> hey, but you know. it's possible, and I think it has potential. Solo is about survival in the name of searching, you know, freedom, getting yeah. your own personal freedom, whatever it is, as a group, as a, as, a, as an individual, whatever. So then you take the next step: ambition yeah. and power, and the fight for the throne. Ah. Me like it. Ah, <laughs> me like it. All right, final story here in Star Wars news. This is interesting because I know it's something you kind of stumbled on kind of new, Perry, and I've had this question since May of 1999, <laughs> but I love this answer. So Mashable ran with the story, but it was also on the Internet here. Uh, about this idea, uh, a writer, Dennis D. Claudio, uh, tweeted, i got to get something off my chest, he tweeted. In the first Star Wars film, New Hope, Obi-Wan Kenobi dressed to blend in on Tatooine so that nobody would suspect he was a Jedi. Uh, then uh, he's got, based on all Jedi fashion on that one day, every everyday Tatooine costume was absolutely effing ridiculous, he says. Uh, uh, basically referencing this, what we all learned in May of 1999, that, oh, 
Obi-Wan, uh, it was just dressing like he did before on Tatooine, <laughs> but also Owen Lars had it. So I have had a headcanon answer in my head about this. Really kind of ch- chalk it up to my good friend Joseph Scrimshaw from Force Center. Uh, but I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this because some people did chime in with some theories. And well, this is part of the fun, Perry, that F word of Star Wars. Fun. What are, th- what are the silly things? Why does Luke Skywalker end Akbar's meeting in Return of the Jedi? Why'd you do that, Luke? There's always fun in these kind of stories. This is a good use of the F word. Um, yeah, when I first saw this in the notes and I actually read it, I'm like, oh, wow. How have I never thought of that before? Because <laughs> right. chronologically in the order these movies were made. Yeah, yeah. That, that dictated all Jedi fashion. But, you know, one of the things that I liked most about this story that we're covering right now in particular mm-hmm. was the back and forth that wound mm-hmm. up happening and how civil it was and how enlightening it was. Um, yeah. Kevin Tong replied, and just with this this epic chain of, of really interesting information just in right. terms of uh, George Lucas's influences and mm-hmm. designing the Jedi robes and everything and how just how civil that conversation was and how Kevin Tong breakdown then uh then dennis at the end wound up coming back like oh i hadn't thought about that and yeah. it was like thank you for giving me that different perspective what a healthy conversation <laughs> that was a conversation in 2018 online john it can happen uh, well, well wonders never cease what are your thoughts on this there i mean uh, there's some fun stuff yeah i think george just does what george wants to do sometimes yeah but. i mean and and you know what i love is people uh going back and using historical context and going back into his own stuff and bringing mm-hmm. that the samurai stuff which samurai. i always uh always appeal to me about star wars as well as the mm-hmm. samurai aspect of it yeah. as a massive fan of samurai movies the influences are all over the place you know obviously hidden fortress clearly is a template Exactly. Yeah. The wipes all come from Kurosawa. Yeah. So that, that's great to see that uh, being exposed here and explained as to why. And also this idea of the Jedi, the Earth Tones make sense to me. This mm-hmm. is the, yeah. okay. And they all trained under each other. So, you know, you, when you're training under a mentor, like I've started to put on blazers because Jeff Snyder's here now all of a sudden. <laughs> it's a little weird. It's a little weird to me, to be honest. And now he's wearing glasses like I do. So yeah. it's just, you know, you get influenced by the people you kind of work with or work under and that kind of thing. So yeah. it's not a surprising to me in that way. Um, but I do, I got to give a lot of respect to the fans who go this bone deep yeah. uh, in explaining their fandom and explaining these concepts. It tells you why Star Wars is such a fantastic franchise and just in theory why it works so well and sparks so much right. intelligence, intelligent responses from people. It's why I love this franchise so much. Yeah, it's I love these kind of discussions because mm. it can sh- shed light if, if you're open to it. Here. Yes. Yeah. Now again, like, yeah, George on one hand probably, you know, again, well, I go to the, the Princess Leia remembering her mother and then George, it's like, okay, George, I guess you didn't watch Return of the Jedi or haven't seen it in a while, right. or he just didn't care. And that's what that's the creator, that's what he wants to do. But this one, I think you can see, like, I wouldn't be surprised if George was like, yeah, dummies, that's what I did. <laughs> like, right. uh, and the idea, and this is one the one I, I, I attribute to like, our good pal, Joseph yep. Scrimshaw, uh, who you worked with in Jedi Alliance, yes. too, and me, me and him on Force Center with Jennifer Landa. History. Look at Galen Erso in Rogue One, the beginning of Rogue One on Lamu. He is a farmer. Owen yep. Lars is a farmer, a moisture farmer. This is the earth tone, the drab mm-hmm. look of a farmer. It would make sense that the Jedis, the warrior priests of the galaxy, mm-hmm. would say, we like the cup of a servant. That's what we are. Yeah. We're going to dress like the lowliest form uh, uh, you know, of, of workers mm-hmm. in the galaxy that people will look down upon. Yeah. That uh, we're up here in Coruscant and you're down there in moisture farming in the far rims, outer rims there. And the Jedi are like, no, that's who we are. We're humble, humble servants of this galaxy. Right. That would make some sense to me. Absolutely. And especially, like you said, if, like I said, rather, if you look at the samurai films, that's the thing, too, that some of the best samurais we love are the ones that are not wearing gold and massively large helmets and doing all these things. They're 
there are sometimes the more simple things like you see in Seven Samurai or Senjuro Yojimbo, you see the more simpler samurai that is that doesn't need to show off its skill by having all these gold attention-seeking things. It's just simple, to the point, earth tones. And so when the time comes to fight, they are comfortable mm-hmm. without dealing with all this extra accoutrement all over their bodies. It makes sense from a character perspective mm. that they would dress like that. And it's also a stunning visual choice, too, because mm-hmm. you, you have them in these earth tones and these blah robes, and then all of a sudden, bust out a lightsaber yeah. and that lightsaber pops and i'm not just talking about visually it's yeah. that that whole feeling you have That's when all of a sudden they show off what they're capable of i think it goes hand in hand with that kind of stuff as well hey it's almost like production design is important oh my. <laughs> design is important here. i think the bigger question that we'll try to answer next week is why did he uh take the son of Skywalker with the last name Skywalker to his uh, family and uh, <laughs> leave him out there. That's another fun question, which we love to get your theories on. Uh, tag us at hashtag Collider Jedi Council. Let's have that discussion next week. So that wraps up our discussion on Star Wars movie news. We are going to move on to oh, everyone's favorite bad hacky comic segment, but we love it here. What's the deal with canon? Look at that. Look at that Rodian comic. <laughs> Rodians and cars getting coffee. That's what we got. All right. We've got E3 going on in town here. Uh, and that's uh, led to some, uh, you know, some uh, Star Wars video game news here, Perry and John. EA over the weekend, actually, I believe, last weekend with EA Play going on, announced uh, more stuff with Battlefront 2, mm-hmm. Clone Wars additions, uh, younger Obi-Wan, Anakin, Count Dooku, one of my favorite characters, and, and the Hack and Coffin Gen. General Grievous there, but also more importantly from the studio Respawn, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game revealed. This will be based around a young Padawan, I believe, surviving Order 66 and going on the run, if I read my notes correctly, Mm -hmm. Perry. All right, you and me, we have PS4s. We like playing these games. You ready for this one? Full disclosure, I bought PS4 for Battlefront to prep for Battlefront 2, and, you know, I just need, like, maybe, like, two extra days. Like, Mm -hmm. can we make it a nine-day week instead of a seven-day week? But make sure those extra two days are weekends so I could just play games. I haven't played Battlefront nearly enough as I was hoping to, and I probably shouldn't have bought that PS4, but now I'm I'm glad I have it because... Fortnite will happen. and You're going to go pickaxe some people to death with Fortnite with me. It'll be Obviously. all right. <laughs> Obviously. I have there's two there's no better kills. way to two spend the weekend. Two pickaxe kills. <laughs> Count it. Uh, I, I will follow in the Great Master's footsteps, but yep. I do like the story idea in this game quite a bit. Just that's, that's also a scenario that I've always wanted to see even more from. Just, you know, mm-hmm. what happens to some other characters immediately after Order 66 mm-hmm. and the idea of putting myself as a game player in a Padawan's shoes and trying to fight to survive. Yeah. Or, or maybe taking other methods, like hiding or something like that. I don't know. But just to be able to play that out from the story perspective. Well, no, you just, you just pitched I just how, describe- I'm, how I'm going to play this game. Four hours of me crouching in a closet on like, some planet. I think my mind went there because of how you described your Fortnite yeah, game. Yeah, I'm a camper like on I'm Fortnite. All- me and Cody Hall, we camp on Fortnite. We find a little bathroom in a house down in Shady Cove or whatever. And we hide for uh, all the game. So, yeah, that's going to be how I'm going to win this game. I'll have a mix of, of the approaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, uh, we yeah. know this is going to be a new lead character here, this yeah. Padawan, but we saw in the Kanan comic, uh, which began with Order 66, yeah. with his master, Depa Balaba, getting uh, you know hacked off by her, her clones, mm-hmm. and Kanan survives, Caleb Doom. That was interesting. This could be interesting as well. Absolutely. I mean, I have a PS4 as well. I only use it to, oh. play, to, to play FIFA nowadays. That's oh, all that's I play good. on it. So, and I do have Battlefront. So I did get that when it came out. Uh, so, But this excites me because this is what the fans were clamoring for after the first Battlefront, right? They wanted more 
story-based Star Wars game. And this is what Visceral had been working on with Todd Stashwick, who's, uh, who I interviewed mm-hmm. on, on Cast of Characters, and right when he was starting to write this, and he yeah. talked about it with me and Yuri, but now he's writing the Suicide Squad 2 movie, so that's great to see him, because they shut down this game that they were... I think the... Yeah. I forget the, the the woman who was writing it as well, uh, uh, who had the, done... Amy... Amy... Yes. Amy. Who, she had done the Uncharted. Amy. She had done the Uncharted <laughs> yeah, stuff. So they brought them together to work on and he was super excited about the story that they were working with. And now to see that they're doing this, this is great. In FIFA games, because I relate in the FIFA games and a lot of the games now, the sports games they got coming out, you start out, you can start, you can go on the journey. And you start out as a young recruit who is in training camp to seeing if you can make the team. And if you make the team, then see if you get through preseason. You just survive the cuts. If you survive the cuts, then if you get on the field, then what happens? And don't get injured. And then what kind of contract you can sign. So it's, it's, it's basically a story game now, every game. So this makes sense for me, the Jedi Fallen Order. And excites me on so many levels because what are we going to see what worlds are we going to see what creatures right. what characters from star wars are we going to encounter and what are the um uh what are the things we're going to have to overcome and what of it is going to be canon or worked into the movies considering when the time frame i hear i think is, is between new hope yeah. or between reds of the sith and new yeah. hope so that's definitely fertile yeah, I, territory to it, explore you're right i didn't even think explore. that it, it couldn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily it's not just order 66 right it's a starting point boom and then you go you can go for a while here mm-hmm. with some of the story there yeah. Ooh, i'm fascinated i'm excited i'm ready to play some more games um, <laughs> I love this, and I love the story stuff. I played WWE yeah. 2K18, you know, and you can start as a rookie showing up at yep. NXT in Orlando. So they cut out my friend Ryan, who's a producer there. Oh, they don't no. show him at all. He helps everyone with promos. He's not there. Um, and, and you and you and you crawl, and that's kind of the nature yeah. of it. I play MLB the Show, and I'm like, I was up to 1 a.m. last night renegotiating contracts with single A players. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it's crazy how depth you can get with these games, and it has been for years. So mm-hmm. I, I think Star Wars fans want this as much as we love the pew 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 of uh, Battlefront Two. I do love it. I still play it. Sure. We do want some depth, and I think hopefully, hopefully, that is on the way. All right, this story here, Comic-Con's coming up. San Diego Comic-Con, <laughs> the granddad of them all there. John, are you ready to party with me till 3 in the morning and stop at a 7-Eleven for Doritos? Huh? No? Yeah. As long as I can get the chili and the Big Bite hot dogs at the same time, the chili on the Doritos, then I'm good to go. Or the nachos, rather. Yeah. What about the 24-7 subway, no? Uh, I, oh, that's, yes. That's the hot spot. There's, yeah. there's two people there that Christian once convinced I am I'm Will Forte. So, yes, I don't go back there. Uh, um, yeah, Comic-Con's coming up. Uh, I'll be down there. I'll be doing a show with Mark Ellis, me and Josh McCuga, helping Mark Ellis with some comedy. Are you doing nice. a little comedy? I am going to do, I officially announced today on Movie Talk, I will be one of the opening uh, stand-ups for uh, Mark Ellis, which scares me to death. Uh, Friday well, night. now I guess I'm going to Comic-Con. Yeah, uh, Friday night at the American that. Comedy Club, but enough of self-promotion there. We've got toys. <laughs> we got toys. Anthony Bresnikan, our friend over at EW, uh, had some exclusive footage of the uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusives from Hasbro, the popular Black Series line, the six-inch line, which is the one I collect. We're going to have the Ray and Kylo and Force Awakens battle scene, uh, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, I'm uh, looking at there behind you there, Perry, at Starkiller mm-hmm. Base. Now, I have another version of it. They released another version of this with, like, a two-pack. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a two-pack, but, like, a separate one. One You get the Kylo, then you order the Ray later because you don't want to save your money like me. Um, <laughs> but this looks pretty good. And then we got the Han Solo Empire Strikes Back Minoc edition and i like this one a lot oh there's the uh, yeah, there's the picture there it is uh, yeah. i'm not used to still not used to the new i'm looking i'm, I'm staring right. off like an old man <laughs> on the graphics anyways uh i love my toys john mm. you gonna wait in line with me to get them absolutely this one or if uh, you know sometimes i have friends and work in certain places and they get me these things ahead of time and i don't have to stand in line so if i'm lucky i look every year i like to come back with a black series uh figure right. so having a set like this 
would be even more exciting for me. So absolutely, I like, I, I, I'll take the Kylo Ren uh, Ray fight uh, over the Han Solo thing a little bit, I think, just because yeah. I find more, the action scenes more interesting than him standing there with that uh, with the creature there flying you, around. You haven't been waiting for a toy Minoc your whole life? Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> unfortunately, I have not been waiting for a okay. toy Minoc okay. my whole life. If this no come, offense. No if this offense. come I with get a... get that and, like, hide the Minoc yeah, in, like, someone's the, bed well, or something. Well, I, I want this set, I want a Hasbro exclusive of, like, a life, a two scale to the six inch figure, an exogorth that you can put in your hands like a puppet, and then you can, like, go and, like, swallow Han. That'd be great. It'd be like the USS Flag and G.I. Joe in the mid-80s, the seven foot toy set that one of my friends had lucky SOB um, have still have envy over that Perry you picking up some of these I was gonna say no at first but now I want to get the Minox set just so I could like hide it in Riley's <laughs> desk or something but no no I'm not I'm not gonna Minox. buy these I have a problem with Funko Pops I have a problem with Vinylmation and I have right. a problem with posters so that is mm. the limit of my my collecting but <laughs> between the two of these the one that I mean no jokes in this the, the one that stood out to me most was the Minoc one. Okay. I think the the Ray Kylo one looks pretty cool too. But there there was something about I, and you know maybe it's the photography and when you see it in person it's a little different. But yeah. there there was something about the detail in the Han one mm. that I think was a little more impressive to me at least than the other one. I, I would agree with that. Also, again, again we've seen this set in essentially different poses with mm. the characters. But I mean, you could buy the the two the two boxes. Yeah. They're on display at my house, which is why I'm alone. Uh, but uh, I. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll try to get them. Uh, last year, I got the exclusive uh, Ray and yep. Luke training set. Yep. Uh, I got the Jabba one from a couple years ago with the full uh, Sally B set. Good old Salacious Crumb. Because that right. I had been waiting for my mm-hmm. whole life, John. Uh, we've that. got uh, comics. <laughs> we Let's talk yep. some comics here. And a new Sith Lord. That's right. Are you an old Republic fan? Do you like the old times? Do you want to know more about the Sith? Do you want Dan and Dave or someone to tell those stories officially in Star Wars canon? Yeah, they might be ramping up to this slowly. We have a new Sith Lord named Darth Atreus, a uh, character released in the Star Wars Annual, which is uh, weird because the it's not weird. It's a good story. I read it last night. Uh, features uh, greatly Santa Staros, a great character. Um, speaking of figures I'd like to see. But the current Marvel line is on episode 4849. It's coming up on issue, I say episode, issue 50. This takes place before issue 8. So go back a few years, and that's where this takes place in the story. And Saint Staros, before she ran into Han, Leia, and everyone else later on in the Marvel line, uh, she went and tracked down two separate lightsabers that belong to Darth Atreus that look very familiar. They're the design of Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. And story, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't read it here, but are you excited about maybe Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel kind of slowly drip-dropping some stuff uh, from the Old Republic, new stuff too? That's intriguing. I mean, even just the way you described it right now, even though I know nothing about the storyline, mm-hmm. it makes me curious enough to read it. But but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of material out there that's that's super rich and already exists. And whenever you can bring some of that back to the forefront, I, mm. I think you should take that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, the idea that it like looks at the light, Luke looks at the lightsaber and says it's the oldest thing I've ever like I've ever seen anything. Else. Let you know yeah. how old that thing is and how long it's been around and what yeah. that means for Darth Atreus's uh, reign or time uh, in mm. power in certain things. So to explore that more, once again, I think you know. They have these plans ahead of time, right? We hear this stuff about uh, about uh, 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 the people doing Game of Thrones. What is their story going to be? What's Favreau's story going to be? What's Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson's trilogy going to be? 
sometimes in the comics, this is how they do. They open doors to the could older be, yeah. time, and they could be exploring that as well. And they're just laying little groundwork to see how people uh, run little flags up and see how people respond to it. Another Darth, uh, people want the replacement for Snoke. They want something that they can <laughs> latch onto and have some kind of interest in that has a Darth in front of yeah. its name. So Darth Atreus, especially because it's old school, is would be fun to explore and see what there is here. And Santa Stars, this is great. I, I'm, yeah. I'm so on board with this. Uh, give me more. Yeah, Santa Stars is a great character yep. indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Rebels when they drop the uh, Tal Vizsla stuff yep. with the dark saber. I love that kind of stuff, Perry. So uh, we've got battles, Battlefront Two news. We kind of talked already there. Let's uh, let's go to the comics. What do you think about that? All right, well, <laughs> let, me, let me let me do this. Are you excited, John Rook? Yes. Whether you play or not. Sorry, Cody. I'm going back to the Battlefront story. <laughs> you yell at me later. Dun, I'll buy you a pizza. All right. Quickly, uh, I I am excited. I'm very excited. I've been asking for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ewan McGregor version of Obi Wan, Anakin Hayden version, and then Count Dooku. I think is a very underrated character because mm-hmm. he had a silly name. Uh, and uh, General Grievous, uh, somewhat misused. He's my most disappointing Star Wars character. I think he was misused a little bit. Um, but you get to play them now, and there's a lot of new stuff from the Clone Wars era coming mm-hmm. into Battlefront. Are you excited? What did Clone Wars do? It, it it saved a lot of characters. It redeemed a lot of characters. It allowed us to have these characters that we got glimpses of or uh, some time with in the, in the prequels. It allowed them to be fleshed out and fleshed out in ways that found us being attracted to these characters again or seeing what the potential of these characters kind of realized throughout Clone Wars. And we see this with Anakin, definitely with Anakin Skywalker. So to see that they're going to do the Hayden, giving some respect to Hayden, it's time. It's yeah. time. I love that idea. I love that. And General Grievous, I agree with you as well. Nobody's, uh, nobody's intimidated by a wheezing uh, uh, old droid-looking yeah. thing, so you got to make it badass. And I like this yeah, idea George that they're going to put it in this thing and make it badass yeah. and do what it's going to do. And, and this idea of uh, and all, just all of this, that they're, they're bringing these characters in so people can play them and enjoy them and explore them in this world, mm-hmm. of course, it's a lot of fun. Perry, are you excited to play a 90-year-old Darth villain, uh, <laughs> Darth uh, Tyrannus? Ask me that question after I start Fortnite, because then I'll be able to tell you what the, what the addictive nature of that game is for me, and then I'll know you. I'll know if I'll get around to playing Battlefront Two again. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely excited for it again. I really I want the story of Count Dooku in, in a novel told through, mm-hmm. when he when he was Yoda's Padawan, trained Qui Gon, yeah. and then his turn to become a Separatist. There's some interesting stuff. There's there. a little of that in yeah. uh, Dark Disciple that was yes, really no. interesting. Yeah. And right. ever since hearing a little more about Dooku there, yeah. I've had a greater appreciation for that character than I really ever have. So I think having a novel just for him would probably be good. It's, you know, when your name is, as Yoda says, Count Dooku, (laughs) you know, I get it. I get it. All right, last story here. We got the new comics coming on out. I'm almost caught up, guys, with some of the new Marvel lines. I go to my shop, Earth 2 and Northridge, about once every six weeks. I had to take a small loan, John, to get my comics this past week. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, I uh, didn't get Darth Vader 17. I've just noticed I think I missed that. I wasn't in my stack. Oh, no, I have to read that. Uh, (laughs) Star Wars Last Jedi number three, this uh, adaptation of the movie, going pretty good here. You guys caught up? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, it's part of the intimidation factor to me when, when comic runs are just like so far down the line and I have so much to catch up on. Yeah. Admittedly, I, I get a little overwhelmed and it's like, if I can't get to it all, then maybe I'll just get to none of it, which might mm. not be the best mentality or approach, but 
It, it's difficult to keep up. I tried at the very beginning when I first moved out yeah. here, and I started doing Jedi Council. I tried really, really hard to keep up with as many of them as I could. And, I mean, between between the cost and just the time it took, I, I had a tough time with it. The cost of something. Plus, there's, I'm, I'm reading other comics like Saga, Paper Girls, Manifest Destiny, The Adventures of Nick Wilson, co-written by our friend Mark Andreco. There's a lot of great oh, yeah. comics out there. Lazarus, Lazarus is another one. And, like, 17 Star Wars comics mm-hmm. that come out every week, which I'm thankful for. But it's a little daunting sometimes, John. Yeah, as a producer of Heroes, uh, trust me, there's a lot of comic <laughs> books to explore. I, I had to sign up for Comixology on my yeah. own. Thank God it's cheaper through Amazon Prime, so I can get it every month and get on and get and get caught up with these things. Yeah. So when you look at this, look, Darth Vader is, if there's one you're going to walk into, Perry, mm-hmm. I would recommend Darth Vader. It's only at 17. Trust me, you will blaze right. through those comics. Yeah, and I will happily... Uh, unofficially give you the password to my comicsology if you want to catch up and read those Vaders because trust me you can go right through them they're they're very well written there's enough they're dense books but I mean dense issues but they're very well written so you get through them quickly and understand the concepts and they connect to each other really well and this one looks fantastic looks yeah. I take uh, recommendations in this office very seriously yeah. so if you keep your word I'm I'll, you. I'll read it but there's a certain DVD that you still haven't given me yes, that's oh, fair that's yeah. fair so that's fair uh, I'll uh, take. Yeah. Oh, Perry, I'll give you my password to my Crackle app. You can there watch you movies that no one else watches. <laughs> oh, you great. Want, you want to watch Bringing Down the House too? This, this is what I'll use those extra two days of the week that I'm going to invent <laughs> just to watch Crackle content. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So, Chunda, I cut Yo, you off. Any no, no, no. Post? This number three, though, yeah. is actually you are going to get the Rose and Finn stuff. It's your feeling height. Uh, but I will say that what they do explore more, which is not on that cover, it seems like, is the Kylo and uh, Kylo and Ray stuff. The, oh, their, their connection, the connection. And, yeah, all of that is explored a little bit more visually in the comic book, and it's fun to see oh, that yeah. kind of like because those are one of my favorite parts of Last Jedi is their yeah. their conversation, Absolutely. the progression of their relationship, and so you see more of that in Number Three, which is fun to explore. Uh, I haven't begun. I know Gary Witta mm-hmm. wrote it. Uh, I'm interested because I, I like Canto Bite, and this, I actually disappointed by Canto Bite because I want to explore that world more. Mm-hmm. where the rich play and Star Wars it's pretty fascinating because we've always been in the underworld for a yeah. lot of the things uh, but you know it raced through it on some five years but uh, I still love that movie that is it for <laughs> what's the deal with Ken and we're going to close the show here with your tweets and your comments and your questions from the Facebook group as well on small note here as we talk go into the fan alliance uh, I want to thank uh, everyone from the Collider Jedi Facebook group who uh, uh, tried to attend a Q&A with me yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I, I was at 1 o'clock Pacific time, logged on. I started answering questions. And then Facebook thought I was some kind of troll and sent me messages that said, you're typing too fast. Stop it or you'll be blocked. This is- wow. And I got blocked from my own Facebook account what? for about an hour. So uh, we had to shut down the Q&A. We're going to try to do it again and try to go back into your questions. We're starting to have a great conversation. We'll thank uh, Chad and everyone from the Facebook group there, too. Um, we're going to try. But here's another way to take your questions. John, would you like to read some of them? Oh, uh, sure. You, yeah, you let's collate uh, these every week. Yeah, these, you know, these are not easy to pick and they go through uh, the Christian uh, uh, filter to say yes or no with these. So yeah. um, as they uh, should, these, yeah. these are not just selected by me. They're selected by me to be uh, uh, curated by uh, Christian like Harlow. People have yelled at you for not getting your <laughs> answers online. Is it because I'm stuttering? Yes, maybe they have. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yes. Why haven't chosen my? Some person keeps sending the Danny Oceans one every week, and I respect that they want to have us answer that question, but it's not one that uh, catches the people's fancy. So, all right. Uh, the first one is from Alan Fitzgerald at Al Cal. Fitzy 89. Will we get big space battles in the Favreau series? That's John Favreau. Or will it be more intimate on the ground? With the quality of Star Trek Discovery and the Expanse, shout out to Sci-Fi, the effects are definitely good enough now. Cheers! Hashtag Collider Jedi Council. Love that cheers. Yep. 
Perry? It's tough to say between between big space battles and boots on the ground type mm. battles, but I think one way or the other, this isn't going to be some, you know, low budget TV effort at making Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. they're putting a lot behind. This is a big big deal. This is a big deal for that streaming service. They're going to go big with this, especially with a director like John Favreau attached. There is no doubt in my mind that whether we're on the ground or out in space, we're going to get some very, very impressive action and visual effects to go with it. Mm-hmm. It's just where we are with TV now, right? Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we grew up in an era, I and mean, it changed over the last five to ten years. I think Lost and Sopranos are some of the early mm-hmm. ones that really got us thinking differently about TV and what it can do. You know, I grew up, Airwolf was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> it was like Jan Michael Vincent and Ernest, Ernest Borgenine and like a couple, you know, st- shots of a helicopter they repeated every week, and that's what we got for battles and some, you know, high-tech explosions <laughs> for the Fall Guy. You remember yeah, that, the John? Fall guy. Of course Lee Majors. the Fall Guy. I will Sing you the theme song, Ren. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Come on. You're talking to a Power Rangers fan yeah. where oh, some, right. some of it go. was reused material. Absolutely. Yep. So I think we could do whatever they want now. I think Disney, with the streaming service particularly, will pull all the stops. Look what the Amazon's doing with the Lord of the Rings $12 billion <laughs> TV series that's going to come out here. So I think True. the question is, what do they want to do with it? Discovery, yeah. the Expanse, going deeper. I think it's going to be a lot about inner workings if it is after the fall of uh you know uh, the empire and the start of the new republic that's mm-hmm. some interesting stuff we might get some political kind of conversations some meetings maybe yet yeah, dreaded meetings in star wars i guess it's about what they want john i would love to see some good battles some space stuff but we also know unless a new threat or you know a villain emerges mm-hmm. it's probably not some big giant battle but what do you want yeah well battle scenes are great mm-hmm. don't get me wrong work on the story then i'll enjoy the battle scene so do i want to see battle scenes absolutely looking forward to it. i think favreau if it works for the story will definitely put the battle scenes in there we saw that in jungle book right he took that animated film and that story and he really expanded it out to a full feature film and the battle scenes when they happen between the uh, the creatures in the or the animals in the film they only happen when they have to happen so to me yeah. that's the kind of filmmaker he is and i appreciate that about him so i look forward to seeing the space battles when they do happen and i know he'll put a lot of technical expertise behind him and yes discovery is a great reference because discovery has some fantastic space battles Mm. visually and the special effects are incredible and the look of the ships are fantastic so there's a lot going on there too so to me definitely i want to see that and the expanse once again if you're not seeing the expanse Mm. this is something i got hip to a few weeks ago Good that stuff. film is that show is like duh, 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 duh. so but you say me, film because that's probably it kind of feels that way yeah. yeah and a lot of these tv shows as you were saying can they veer into that film type look because that's what the fans want to see you know perry and i argue all the time between tv versus film actors transitioning over but the look of these things are almost fluid like you almost can't tell what's what nowadays you know, it's funny 10 years ago you wouldn't be oh. able to even have a stake in that conversation yep. i don't know what side you're on on the fight but yeah like alec he's Bald- on the wrong side he's on the wrong <laughs> side of the full alec baldwin going to 30 Rock, if yeah. 20 years ago would have been like, oh, you failure. Then You're it right. became an award-winning performance. It's a different time. Yep. What side are you on? So I, I think TV actors are TV actors, and, and the rare ones cross over Ooh. into film. But it film is. can cross over into TV anytime. I, I, Perry, I might have to side with him on that. I still think there's a stigma <laughs> with television actors moving up. I still, the film can go that way. I still think part of the confusion with this, this whole argument here mm-hmm. is yeah. that it's it's locking the it's locking the actor into the medium and taking away the actor's innate ability on their own. 
mm-hmm. agree with that. I, I think it's it's a matter of. Uh, you know, sometimes when you t- want to talk about crossing over from, yeah. from film to v- TV and vice versa, it's also just the, the nature of the project, too, and the success of the yeah. project. Because I could think of a whole bunch of examples where they were super hot on TV mm-hmm. and don't pop on screen. But a lot of those, I can also say, it's because that movie stunk. It's not yeah. because they were bad it's, in it or they don't mm-hmm. have the ability. I understand that making a TV show is a different process than making a movie, but yeah, right. I still think that there's an innate acting ability that's being ignored in this conversation. I, no one likes to. No one likes to be have baby put in the corner. I agree with that sure. it's not fair. It's not fair. I, I'm not just a pundit on YouTube. Uh, you know, I'm a writer and a co- like. It's like you're no. not just. I'm not in the thing. corner. I'm at the center yeah. of this table right but now. Yeah, Let's get it's real. A separate conversation. But I do. I do remember watching some young actor on Facts of Life and going that Georgie Clooney. He's got it, kid. He's yeah. got it. A uh, couple more here, John, before we close. Oh, the yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Let's uh, jump into this one. This will be interesting. From MIQ at The Amazing Web. Who are your top five villains in the Star Wars universe? Ooh, listen. We love yeah. them rankings. Uh, I'm going to go first because yeah. I just want to get out of the way before I get hurt by everybody. All right, yeah. so Darth Vader is definitely my number one. Yeah. Palpatine's my number two. You're doing good. Uh, whichever version of Palpatine you want to enjoy. Uh, oh. Jabba the Hutt, I absolutely Ooh. love because, as I said earlier, I'm a massive fan of the Hutts. Asajj Ventress. Yeah. Asajj Ventress. We need to see Asajj Ventress. Ooh. I need to see more of Asajj Ventress. Really enjoyed in Clone Wars. She's got a great story to tell and great backstory to explore as well. And what happens to her character as it goes along through the Clone Wars. There's so much to expand with her, but I love her because when she is villainous, who the confidence in that character yeah. and that woman is incredible. And Boba Fett. Boba Fett, what can I say? Yeah, you... I'm called Roka Fett because I love Boba Fett. You do. He is a villain even though I love him. He's like a, he's like a, he's like the rock. Like even <laughs> when he was a villain, I loved him. So that's he's, what I would he's say. A he's, he's a tweener. He's a tweener. Yeah, hey, that's exactly. a great list. There's some things uh, I'll be sharing with you there too, Perry. I've got a good deal of crossovers as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little jealous of the Ventress call though. I like oh. that one. Yeah, good, My number good. one is Vader. My number two is Palpatine. My number three, and I know some people don't love uh, Kylo out there, but I really do, especially when I start to factor in some of the things that I've learned in the books. Mm. I like the the journey of that character and how, how, how kind of devastating his his life has been and how sad it is and when it when i'm looking forward to episode nine i am so curious to know what a first order led by someone who is in that headspace what that looks like so he's my number three then i'm going with with my namesake for number four and i'm going tarkin because again yeah yeah. one of the main reasons i picked up the tarkin book is because i was given that name and Mm -hmm. oh the mentality of someone also because you guys know one of my favorite things about people that are affiliated with the Empire are the ones that that deeply believe that they're benefiting the galaxy, not just to achieve power and to take over the world or whatever, but they actually think they're doing good. And yeah. that's something that I got a lot from in that Tarkin book in particular. And then my number five is Jabba. Nope. Right. Jabba's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, 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 you have to put Vader. You have to put Palpatine. Yeah. Palpatine is, is actually probably my favorite. I love Kylo. This Kylo unchecked and unchained. I love that Snoke's gone and out of his way. That Hux kind of has, still has. The, at the end of Last Jedi, Hux is looked at, looks at him and goes, "This guy's unstable, and I might be able to use that to my advantage." Right. He stands up to him a little bit at the end. With, "Do you think you got him?" It's not just a joke. It's him saying, mm-hmm. "Look, crazy kid." Uh, but I also got to call you my boss because you got some powers. I think that's great. And I, I, I don't. 
I, I, Tar- Tarkin is important because a lot of the bad bad things the Empire does, which is why I always say the Empire mm. itself, the Imperial uh, you know organization, is the enemy. Even though there's people who joined up because it was the job, Bodie Rooks just a driver mm. for yep. them. All those, yeah. There were as, as Kevin Smith introduced in the '90s and Clerks. There's contractors probably working in the Death Star, going, "That's not me." Yeah. Um, but Tarkin and the Tarkin Doctrine is part of that boot on the mm-hmm. galaxy that kind of created. Uh, the strife and the poor, uh, you know, ec- ec- economic struggles, mm-hmm. slave trades, all those kind of negative things are there. Um, and then that, I mean, Thrawn definitely going back to the mm. heir of the Emperor, the non-canon stuff still is one of the more intriguing ones. It's been up and down for me with New Thrawn. I'm excited to see what the New Thrawn book does for me. It might push it either way. I'm not sold on New Thrawn yet. I know, I, I know you yeah. are, but, but it's a great perspective because I... I mean, I was already in high school when it came out, but it's like Thrawn's like, oh, I love Thrawn. Mm-hmm. But then you have a new perspective because you weren't familiar with him. I appreciate the book more than I appreciate how he was utilized in Rebels. I think that was such a letdown to me that I yeah. need I need a little more to really kind of understand and appreciate what you guys know from the original books. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. Anyways, that's our list off the top of our head. Great yeah. question there. Last one, John. Yeah, this is from Tanashi at Max Z Goof. If you could be an extra... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that. I apologize, Maxi. I just like saying goof. Maxi goof. Uh, If you could be an extra in a Star Wars film, what would you want to be? Bounty hunter, stormtrooper, droid, rebel, Jedi, Twi'lek, nice, or Gungan, perhaps. I can't do the... I can't can't do the the, the boss... uh, Misa would like to be Gungan. No. Uh, Perry? Well, I'm a crap actor, so I think I should be a stormtrooper. <laughs> I, I also just really like uh, I like the look of the of the armor, and I like Mandalorian armor too. So it's oh, like yeah, if I yeah. could design my own Mandalorian armor, I think I might go that route. But you know, I feel I feel like they they should just hi- I would be like the stormtrooper that yeah. bumped his head. I, I'm just I'm terrible. I'm terrible acting. <laughs> uh, I love this, John. Uh, for me, when I was younger. Bounty hunter, absolutely. Sure. Now that I'm older, uh, settled in my ways, Jedi. I would love to be a <laughs> Jedi just to be able to, you know, because I'm a Jedi to Dorian Parks here. I'm, I'm teaching him. He's the Padawan at times. I have to teach him certain <laughs> things in this place, uh, along with Perry, who is our, our master Jedi. But, like, that kind of thing is, is what I uh, enjoy now exploring uh, when we talk about the philosophy stuff, we talk about yep. the Force and everything. The Jedi are so more inter- so much more interesting to me than the dark side of the Force because they struggle and still maintain good rather than giving in to the evil sides of their nature. And so that struggle is always the most compelling thing about the Jedi. It's not just wielding the lightsaber. It's knowing when to and when not to, and that's important. Uh, I like it. I like it there. I, I This is a different kind of answer to a slightly different question, mm. but I think it applies here. If I could be an extra... I, Biker Scout was... I grew up loving the Biker Scouts. Oh, yeah. I love, I love mm. the Empire and their toys. Um, but I always say, people, I, you know, create a character that you want to be in Star Wars, and I always say I want to be on Coruscant. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, I want to be like a haberdasher who, who <laughs> makes the Jedi... First, I made the Jedi robes like, oh, you need some, like, humble robes? Like, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. And then when, like, Palpatine's like, hey, guys, gather around. I'm about to switch things up. We're going to have some new uniforms. They're like, we need to order those uniforms fast. Let's go to Ken Sowerlots yeah. down here at Coruscant next to Dexter's Diner. <laughs> I got your uniform needs right here. I'll make them. I'll uh, get the green gray going good. Sharp edges. We got it. We got it. Imperial uh, Royal Guards. Ken's, I got it. Ken's House of Haberdashery. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, I, I'm down. That is it. That is it. Fun discussion. Fun questions. A lot going on in the Star Wars universe and fandom, but it's nice to dig down and have some... <gasps> 
fun talking Star Wars. I want to thank these two folks making their return to the council, which you can get the council shirts uh, out there on uh, bonfire.com slash collider Jedi council slash logo. Check it out there. Uh, Perry, good to have you back. Yeah, I'm so happy to be back. Let's let's spread the use of that F word a little more, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Fun. Fun. I like it. Do you, it. Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know what? That was fun as well as a good movie. <laughs> That's what it's all about. The, weird, the great movies yeah. are always fun in some way. Thanks, everybody, for having me on. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for having me. I've been in a while, so it's nice to be on in front of the camera for this. Good to have you back. Thanks, and, sir. yeah, every week, uh, send your questions on Twitter to uh, hashtag Collider Jedi Council, and John will find them and Absolutely. present them like Kylo Ren to Snoke to Christian and the team here, and we'll, uh, we'll see if uh, you make the cut. But great questions today. And, as always, you can request to join the Collider... A Collider Jedi Council fan group on Facebook, and you can request to join the Knights of Ken, the Kylo Ken Ho. support group. Mm. Support group because I need the help. Uh, it's been fun here. So for Christian Harloff, who couldn't be here today, business pulled him away at the last minute. I'm Ken Napsock for Cody and Adam in the booth and everyone behind the scenes who makes this happen. We'll see you next week. May the force be with you always. Napa know how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Today's specials, new Chase Freedom Flex with 3% on dining, including takeout. Now every meal comes with a side of cash back. Learn more at ChaseFreedom.com. Cars are issued by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A., member FDIC. Restrictions and limitations apply. Offer subject to change.